When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One. We are back. Another episode of Dice It Up. And we got a great guest this week, Kim, Kimberly Adams. <laughs> uh, I don't, you know, what do I call you? I don't know because I want to come off as respectful. It's our first time talking and I respect you a lot. Big East. Uh, does a lot with the Big East. Former Hooper, uh, legend out of White Plains. What's going on? Not too much. Kim is good, but it's funny because I was in like a press release the other day for Fox Sports and it said Kimberly, which I really never go by. So some people were like texting me that Kim is perfect. Um, But yeah, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. We were saying we're all just so excited that the season is back, just prepping for games, being at games. Um, So I'm a fan of your guys' show. So thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. It's good to see you. I feel like we've connected so much through social and like have been at some of the same stops and just have never like quite connected in person. So um, I I was literally I was thinking back. I'm like, have we ever met in person? I was like, I don't think we have. This is like our next step. We're (laughs) together. We're getting there. (laughs) getting there. I love it. Um, We appreciate you being on. Um, Really just want to start with your playing career Um, played at Penn. But I want you to give us kind of the full story of just growing up in White Plains, playing basketball, knowing you want to get to the next level um, and your college experience. Yeah. So um, born and raised in White Plains. Uh, My family was very into basketball. Um, Both of my parents had played in college. My mom played at William and Mary and she played at White Plains High School too, where I ended up going. Uh, My dad played at Colgate. And then my dad was also uh, a men's basketball referee for like 25 years. Um, He did 
a lot of the conferences in the Northeast. He did the Big East. So I literally grew up like going to all of his games. Mm-hmm. Um, my two younger brothers and I just like tagging along. We thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Um, and then, yeah, so I started, I was doing a bunch of sports growing up um, and then really kind of uh, settled in on basketball and swimming. Um, I was continuing to do both of those at, at a high level through high school. I was being recruited for both sports. Um, my mom was my high school basketball coach. We had uh, a really good team. We went to the New York State Championship three years in a row. Unfortunately, we didn't win it. Um, but <laughs> I think we would have, I think we were going to win it my senior year, but I had an injury. So my um, shoulder dislocated a little bit. So I couldn't finish on the rest of the season. Um, but we had such a fun team. So yeah, I was like, being recruited for both sports. Um, it came down to either going to Penn for basketball or Duke for swimming. Um, and I think I knew in my heart that I just, I loved basketball a little bit more. Um, so that was always kind of pulling me in that direction. Um, so yeah, I ended up going to Penn. I can't say it was like the best experience that I would have hoped for, um, athletics wise. Um, it's always like, a little different in the Ivy league. Cause like we're not getting scholarship money and, and things are just a little bit different. Um, so I had like a good freshman year. I was, uh, all Ivy league rookie team, um, had gone through some injuries, came back. Um, I had a good rest of that season. Um, so we had some coaching changes, you know, how it goes. I use this. I know you've, you've been to a couple schools and if I hadn't been in the Ivy league, I may have, look to do that too. But in the Ivy league, it's different. Like I said, um, so it didn't end up being what I would have hoped for my college experience, but so many of us, I feel like have that experience. Um, but at the end of the day, I I wanted to go to a top notch academic school. I definitely did. I loved being in Philly. Um, I loved being at Penn and I, at the time I didn't know, have any idea that I would get back into a basketball career. Mm. Um, that was kind of an unexpected twist. Um, it's not, I was a communications major, but we didn't have any sort of broadcasting there. So it's not something I had done, uh, in my undergrad years. I love it. I've got to ask real quick, Dano, um, about your dad being a ref. Are you, that was where I was going. I had to, yeah, I'm like, what? Cause you know, I'm one of those people who think that like no good refs exist. Um, (laughs) I can't tell you one ref I had during college where I would be like, I want her to call our games. I want him to call our games. I can't tell you. Um, some of them personality wise are cool. Um, but none that I'm always like, you always make the right call. Uh, and so are you, do you like sympathize towards referees? Is it something that you decide not to comment on really in broadcast? Like what's your relationship with that? Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. I feel like I see it from a different lens of most broadcasters. Um, a, I always make sure that I'm really up on my rules because my dad said when he was refing, like there was nothing worse for them as refs when the announcers were like criticizing them, but they didn't understand the rule. So they like the ref had the right call, but, but they would be yelling and saying it was wrong, but they really just didn't know the rule. Um, so I always try and make sure I'm like studying up on the rule book, the rule changes, all that. Um, and then I definitely, I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I, I, I think I call it fair. Like, uh, even the other night in my first game, um, there was like a 
a pretty vicious elbow. And I was pretty vocal that I thought it was a men's game. So it's a flagrant two. I was pretty vocal that I thought it should have been a flagrant two and the refs ended up calling it a flagrant one. Um, and I said, I disagreed with it. So, you know, as long as I feel like I'm explaining why I feel that way, um, I'll, you know, I'll compliment them on good calls. I'll say, oh, you know, that was a tough one, or maybe it could have gone either way. Um, but it's definitely, it's interesting perspective. And now my brother is getting into refing too. He's doing like D2 and D3 men's. So it's it's nice. Sometimes if I have a question, I can just go to them and be like, what is this rule? Or what did you see here? Um, so it's definitely like a unique perspective, I feel that I, I can bring to the broadcast. Were you held to a different standard? Like, were you... You know, anytime you did get a bad call when you actually played, you know, like, I don't know, I'd be afraid of my dad criticizing me uh, for getting on the refs, but it was like one of my favorite things to do. I don't know. I just can't fathom uh, being so close to what I considered the enemy at the time. I know. It, it is so weird because like, like you said, I just like, when we show up to a game, I feel like you never, like as a player, you never personally really get to know the refs. There's some that you you get familiar with. Oh, I've seen this person a bunch, but it's never like you're having a conversation with them. Um, so for me, like even now, I think of my brother coming up. Um, like he's a dad with like the two cutest kids. He's a super cool guy, and like people probably just come in the gym and yell at him. And I'm like, that's the real people too. Like they're they're cool people. They have families. Like let's let's show them a, a little bit more respect sometimes. <laughs> you know, we should put I that on a shirt. Refs are people too. We're no. here today. No. I was literally about to oh. say that. This is scary. We're here today. I and then we got we got quote merchandise. Quinn, Kim Adams, though. I mean, it's it's her. That's her IP. So we'll make sure you get some royalties. Oh yeah, this is a new merch it. deal. I like it. Okay, I will try to show more love to refs because I I can't understand that. That yeah, all they do is get me yelling at them and calling them, you know, this, that, and the third, yeah. and I can't really say on air. And so yes, I, I'll try to give more love. Thank you for showing me that side. Yeah, it's not any like I always think of it like. A coach is never going to coach a perfect game. A player's not going to have a perfect game. We're not going to have a perfect game as broadcasters. So, like, we can show them a little grace, too, if they don't get every call right. For sure. <laughs> I mean, as somebody who uh, gambles a lot on women's <laughs> basketball, last night I think there were combined, like, 72 free throws in App State and Charlotte. Oh, Granted, it went to double overtime. But when you have an else. under in that game or something uh, – I just kept looking at the foul count go up and be like, oh, these refs are in on it. <laughs> there they know. Come on. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would First never suggest that. Evaluated. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, it's a super cool perspective that not a lot of people think about. So yeah. I'm really, I could not wait to ask that when I, when I read that uh, about you earlier. So, <laughs> um, so how, I mean, I, I feel like I'm very privileged and blessed to get to talk to so many people in the media and so many people on TV, especially with ICE and comparative experiences. Uh, how did you get into that and how did you decide that's what you wanted to do? Yeah. So like I said, it was never something I had really been exposed to at Penn just because we didn't have any sort of broadcasting, TV, journalism, none of that. Um, I did my senior year get to intern at uh, Comcast Sportsnet in Philly, which is now NBC Sports Philly. 
Um, but I was more on the marketing side, but that was kind of the first time I was able to see any sort of TV stuff. Like I would write the promos that they were going to use, um, got to kind of peer in on what was going on in the studio every now and then. So that's when I was like, okay, like this is pretty cool. Um, but coming out of college, just trying to like get a job like you're supposed to do. Um, all of my prior experience, like summer internships and stuff had been more on the business side of sports. Um, so I started working off, uh, working at Turner Sports in New York City, but I was on the business side doing ad sales. It was fine, but I knew like I got to a point where I, I there was no passion towards that. I hated like the it wasn't even nine to five. I would say like I was at a desk every day from like 830 to 630. Um, I was commuting in the city. It was very corporate. -y. Like you're not supposed to leave until everybody above you leaves. And it was just not my thing. Um, and I had always, I guess, started to get in the back of my mind, like, oh, it would be really cool to be more around the games, um, maybe in broadcasting. So that's when I thought like I had never had experience with it. So I um, applied to a couple grad schools. I did apply to Syracuse ICE and I did get in, but I'm sorry, I ended up going to Northwestern. It came down to those two. I, it was more because I wanted to, like I was from New York. I wanted mm -hmm. to experience a new part of the country, Chicago. Yeah. Cool. It's a no brainer. Um, yeah, no. You know what? <laughs> Now we're not here. That's amazing though. Well, uh, first of all, congratulations, because that says a lot. Like there are yeah. thousands and thousands of people who apply to that program and only 30 to 36 get in. Wow. Um, also, that makes me feel like we could have been so much closer. At this I know. Point. I'm what, like Newhouse sisters. Like it, everything would have uh, connected. <laughs> yeah, I, you could be honorary Northwestern. I could be honorary Syracuse. I'll take it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I should, you look great in purple. There we go. I'm redeemed. <laughs> But yeah, so that's how I kind of transitioned into that. It was just a one-year program, um, learned everything, you know, shooting video, editing, writing, um, random, just like journalism, editing, um, the AP style book, all of that. It was just like a one-year crash course. You just hit the ground running. Um, so I finished that. And then my very kind of first entree into anything on camera um, was with the Big East Conference. I, I didn't really have a job coming out of Northwestern. So I came back to New York um, and the Big East had just started like the digital networks. It was just mm -hmm. kind of everybody was starting to go digital um, around the time I graduated, which was in 2014. So I just blindly emailed them. I was like, told them about myself, saw that they had launched this. Um, and it turned out that they, they were looking for somebody else um, and they liked that I knew how to edit video because that was a need for them. Like not somebody who was just going to be on camera. Like they need people to edit the videos and have creative process about different content they could do. Um, so that was my, my very first job um, probably a couple months after I finished at Northwestern. Um, and then I also started doing just like some sideline reporting for ESPN three games just around where, where I was living, like the Mac conference, the America East. Um, so really those were the two areas where I first started off doing digital content for the biggies and then starting to do just like some digital games as a sideline reporter and eventually some analyst opportunities too. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like the past years that I've known you, followed you on social, I followed your story. And so it's been really cool to see um, your growth, you know, like, just like you said, big East and then doing, you know, big games on the men's basketball side as well and sideline. And you had to stop WBA, you were at Connecticut sun games. And so did a great job at that a couple of years ago. Um, what I love about, uh hoopers like us who go into broadcast work and freelance is that like we love the grind you know it's a grind to just send blind emails and like hey this is what i do this is my resume this is my reel somebody take a chance you know um and then just picking up games where you can so uh i I love when i hear that story of just like the grind because i get it and i'm and i'm in it right now um but i'm still in it too like it's crazy like i've like year to year i i feel like i'm getting bigger assignments but i'm still like I'm still freelance. Like I don't have the big contract with anybody. Like I still feel like I don't have that like stability. Like, okay, I'm going to be doing this for a couple of years. I don't need to have side jobs. Like I still work jobs on the side. Um, But like you said, it's like, I feel like anyone you talk to in this industry goes through it or is still going through it. Um, So yeah, it's just like, okay, one, one season at a time, one month at a time, be ready when, when you get those calls, um, you, yeah. you know how it is. It's a crazy, crazy industry. Um, but like when I'm at the games, I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Like, this is my dream job. This is what I want to be doing. So that's what keeps you going. I think. Yeah. Well, I got to say, when you think about Big East women's basketball and broadcasters, we think of you, like, you know, we oh. know that you cover the league, that you're a staple <laughs> every year. You're going to be at media day. You're going to have access <laughs> to players. So whether you have a big contract or not, know that we also associate you with with a really good conference, you know, and, and telling players stories the right way. Um, so I want to get into that. I want to get into Big East Women's Basketball. Yeah. Dano and I have had a couple of conversations with some teams. We talked to Seton Hall. We talked to Butler. Um, I want to talk about the strength of this conference. Like how strong do you think this conference is and maybe some of the top dogs that we expect to see? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was at Media Day. I guess that's like three weeks ago now. Um, and there was definitely just a different energy this year coming off of how well the conference did in March last season. Um, you had four teams make the tournament. You had three of them win first round games and Villanova and Creighton were double digit seeds and got the first round games. And then obviously the, the huge shocker was Creighton going to the elite eight. Like no one, I, I know them well. I know the conference well. I never would have predicted that. Um, and then of course, UConn to the national championship. Um, and then you had Seton Hall making who I thought at the end of the season um, was playing like an NCAA tournament caliber team. They had just gotten off to, to too slow of a start, a little up and down. Um, but that showed at the end of the season when they made it to the NIT championship game. Um, so I feel like the conference finally is starting to get more of a recognition nationally. Um, and of course, I still think UConn is a little bit above everyone else, but I think we're starting to see recruiting pick up. Um, I think we're starting to see teams schedule harder so that they know, like the committee knows like, okay, we, these teams deserve to be in. Um, So in terms of, of top teams I'm looking at, um, I do, I agree with the coaches poll, which had UConn at the top and then Villanova and Creighton very close at two and three. I might give a slight edge to Creighton just because I think they have a little bit more coming back. I think they are a little older, a little bit more experienced. Um, And then a team like Seton Hall uh, still is very intriguing to me. We'll probably get into a couple of the players here. Um, 
DePaul, you obviously have Anissa Morrow, National Freshman of the Year, coming back. Um, they lost a lot, but they they bring in some interesting pieces. Um, so those are the teams I'm kind of looking at as the top half of the league right now. I, but I think overall, um, the conference continues to get stronger year to year. I think getting those two Elite Eight teams last year, um, more people learning about Anissa Morrow, Maddie Segrist, um, I think it all helps with recruiting and, and players, whether they're transferring in or high school recruits. Um, I definitely think the scale of the conference is on a, a higher level after the March, March Madness run last year. Well, we saw it already. Uh, what first night of the, the season, we had Creighton go yes. up to uh, South Dakota State. I mean, no one's won there. Um, or I guess two teams won there last year, 23 and two, I think at home, uh, go in hostile environment and take care of business on day one. Uh, says a lot. Um, I mean, I, I think they were a higher ranked, but they definitely were not a betting favorite. So to me, it's an upset. Um, yeah, no, that was huge. I didn't get to see it cause I was on another game, but I, I was following some tweets and I saw they were down. And then when I saw they won, I was like pretty shocked. Um, so, yeah, that's a great – I think that was the only top 25 matchup going on, men's or women's, on the first night. So that was that was huge. Yeah. yeah Lauren Jensen dropping 30. Uh, got to give got to give some highlights to, to her. I mean, she's uh, she's putting on a show in her, you know, year and one game at Creighton so far. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to say they're going to build a statue yet, but, hey, you make a Final Four maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I want to talk about UConn, uh, you know, like pick, pick to win the big East. Um, you talked about them that they just play at a higher level than some of these other teams. They have that separation, but without Paige Beckers, um, an injury out this year, what are the names that we're going to hear about more? Um, and who do you feel like is really going to be the, the person that that team runs through? Yeah. Well, UConn is, is definitely very interesting because you do think there are a lot of talented players there this season, but then talking to Gino at media day, he brings up a good point that like a lot of their main players from last season are no longer here. Um, Olivia Nelson, Adota, Avina Westbrook, Kristen Williams, Paige obviously hurt. So that's pretty much like four of their constant starters. If they had all been healthy at the same time, like that's four out of five starters that are now gone. Um, so I think UConn is definitely a little bit younger, a little bit more inexperienced this season. Um, to, I'll give you three players. Um, one, I mean, we all know her, AZ Fudd, um, but I think we're going to see her take a crazy jump this season as a sophomore. She was she was banged up last season. She missed a huge chunk of the middle of the season. I think it was a foot injury, um, but she was out for a while and then came on really strong at the end of the year. But we caught up with her at Media Day, and she said she finally feels like extremely healthy. She spent all season just getting fully healthy, um, just looking at some early season like content that has come out of her. Like physically, she looks in incredible shape, stronger than she was last year. Um, I think she had nine threes in their exhibition win the other night. So I think she's gonna play like an All American this season. I think we're gonna see her probably erupt for a couple 30 point games. Um, I think she's going to be really good for them. Um, Dorka Yuhas, who is their grad transfer who came from Ohio state last year. 
she, I think now with a year under her belt in the system, getting more comfortable and confident, I think she's due for a big year. She's, she's a big, she's six, four, six, five plays a lot on the perimeter can go inside. I think she's going to have a great year for them. And then somebody who I've never seen play live. I don't know if you guys have, but who's very intriguing to me is the Fairfield transfer. Lou Lopez Senechal, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, I've played against her. Yep. Wow. I know. Oh. Yeah. Yes. So Gino at media day was like praising her and was like this girl. And you know, Gino doesn't just toss out compliments like that. He was like, this girl is the real deal. She's going to shock a lot of players uh, in our league nationwide. So she's somebody who I'm really interested to see. She's six uh, one. I think she could play a little bit inside out. Um, she shot over forty percent from three last season. Average about twenty a game. So I mean, Gino knows a thing or two. So if he if he's saying you know buy stock in her, I'm I'm gonna be interested. Um, and especially as you said, Ice without Paige, like I think her role just instantly magnified once that news came out. Like I think it's like, okay, I'm not just coming in as a role player anymore. Like this team needs her size, her skill, her scoring much more than they did if they were gonna have Paige in the lineup. Um, so that's a player who I'm really intrigued to see what she's gonna do out there for them. Yeah, what what I will say playing against her um is Lou is very efficient. Um, she reminds me of like a Clay Thompson version of a player Ooh. where she can go through a game and score 20, 25 points and have only taken three or four dribbles. Wow. Um, she's a great reading screens, great with footwork. Um, her mid range game is nice. And she is, she's a six, one longer athletic player. Um, but it's her efficiency that makes her special. She does not need a lot of shots, um, or a lot of dribbles or room to really create for herself um, and great working with teammates. So I think she's also a perfect system player for them. Um, I think in some places if she had to be more so on the ball. Um, she wouldn't thrive, but I think in their system where it's a lot of pass cut and making reads um, and picking her spots, I think that she's going to thrive in their system because she, she plays a little bit like Paige to a certain degree, not as much flair, but that efficiency that we see from Paige sometimes she has that. So yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a really good pickup. And I think that's a name that we are definitely going to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And even just her experience being an older player, like we said, with rattling off all those players that are no longer there, you have to think she's giving them some experience as well, even if she's hasn't necessarily played in the top 25 games. Uh, well, she will in a, in a couple of days. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that, uh, that leadership and that veteran presence is going to go a long way for them as well. Sure. I'm so excited for Monday. <laughs> I have to I'm, say, I'm going to be on the call for that one. Okay, <laughs> so I mean, I'm excited too. Give us I, a tease. What's Monday for those who aren't women's basketball junkies like we are sometimes? <laughs> yes, Monday, hopefully the rankings stay, but as of now, it'll be a top 10 matchup. Texas coming into stores, Texas at UConn. I have to get the game time down. I think it's 6.30 on Fox Sports 1. We'll get we'll get you guys the right info. I, I have another game before that, so I'm like a little all over the place right now. But I'm super excited for that one. Yeah. And crazy to get that good of a matchup so early into the season. I, I'm uh, working Battle for Atlantis in the Bahamas. Um, oh, so, so I've got Texas coming in. I've got South Dakota State coming in as well. Um, so I'm excited to watch that. Just I mean, anytime you can watch Vic Schaefer and his teams, yeah, uh, you know you're in for a treat. Um, so yeah, I, I, too. yeah, yeah, right. And then I'm in the Bahamas. <laughs> yes, 
you will see lots, lots of pics on the beach from me. Um, that's, that's a dream assignment right there. Good for you. Yeah, I got you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, well, to round off, is, is there anyone else, any other players in the Big East that you feel like are, are due for big season? Um, I know it's a big league. We talked about the depth in this league, but any other players you feel like are, are due for a breakout season? Yeah, so we talked AZ. We talked Lou. You mentioned Lauren Jensen. Um, she's one I have my eye on. She obviously kind of had her breakout moment last season when she hit that dagger three at Iowa, her former team to knock Iowa out of the tournament. Um, and we saw her already get off to a great start the other night with 30. Um, another player who I just, I don't think gets enough recognition is Lauren Park Lane at Seton mm -hmm. Hall. She is just Dog. what she's able to do at her size, five foot three. Um, she was one of the, leaders and assists last year in the country her and sydney cook six four six five player inside for tony bazella that's that's a tough duo um he he lost a big piece and andres Mano was a hunter but he's like the transfer king he's got <laughs> at least five transfers coming in um so it they're gonna need some of those pieces to develop but the two of them together like i think they're two of the best maybe the best at their position in the Big East. Sydney Cooks, I think, is really good. She could step outside. Like, there were games I did of hers last year where she didn't miss. She was, like, eight for eight, nine for nine. Um, and that was her first season transferring over. Um, so those two are somebody to watch. Of course, I think, finally, like, more people know about Maddie Segrist at Villanova. Um, she was number two in the nation at scoring last season. People know about Anissa Morrow. National Freshman of the Year. So, of course, we have to give them some props, too. Um, but, yeah, those are some of the players I'm looking at that I think are going to have uh, big years and hopefully get their teams into March. And and now not just getting to March, but, like, a team like Villanova now getting to the Sweet 16. Um, obviously, Creighton did that last year. Um, so I think maybe we'll see with the depth of the conference, teams making deeper runs into the tournament this year. Yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I mean, the, the Big East tournament was was crazy last year. I mean, think like, Creighton making the Elite Eight, you know, Seton Hall beat that Creighton yeah. team like three weeks before. Uh, the, the strength is high, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. Are there any teams that were near the bottom of the conference that you're looking to uh, or that you think are already taking a step up or have improved? Yeah, somebody that I'm – I'm very interested to see how they do this year is St. John's. Mm -hmm. um, they did, they lost their top player in Leilani Correa. I think she's at Florida now, but um, Joe Tartamella has brought in a really intriguing group of uh, transfers. I want to say at, at least four transfers and a couple freshmen as well. Um, and talking to him at media day, he was really excited about that group. He says they're really dialed in on the defensive end, which they haven't necessarily been um, in recent years. So that's a group that just kind of on paper intrigued me to be like, OK, like if they get this going, I think this is this could be a tough team. They're long, they're athletic if they really commit on the defensive end. Um, so that's a team. Another team I'm intrigued by, but I, I think is maybe still a couple years away, but has some exciting pieces is Georgetown. Um, they've started to bring in a lot of size. 
Uh, Kelsey Ransom, that's a player I should mention. She's, I think, a junior now. Um, she's such an explosive player, incredible on-ball defender, really fun to watch. So I don't necessarily think they'll get to maybe the top half of the conference this year, but their coach Howard is really building some nice pieces there. Um, so that's another team I, I would shout out. Good. We got, we had to show the whole conference and love. I know. Again. I would like, um, I know people are going to be mad. Like, Oh, you didn't mention my team. I, you, they no, know I have love okay. for them all. They know I have yes. love for them all. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't call her Kim Biggie Adams for nothing. She got her middle name changed. It's, it's confirmed. Oh, we're going to put that on the back of the t-shirt with oh. your quote on the front side. <laughs> yes. I mean, we, we now we have to put her on the spot though and make you okay. choose an actual winner and I can't let you pick UConn she can't do it so um I gotta know who's winning the Big East this year so I can't pick UConn no no I will that's chalk that's I chalk think, okay this is how I'll put it I do this, think hold on, hold on before before you say that real quick uh like we we were on with Debbie Antonelli last week and we were saying you know give give your final four picks debbie oh, gives eight which is like amazing go ahead <laughs> debbie ice gives four and picks the current top four teams from the ap poll yay she was where's he where's the excitement i need some i need some uh i need some dark horses i need something to root for you know um, like if, if i knew i was gonna wake up every day and get the same coffee uh, i would never walk a different path i like to i need variety okay um but I mean, I do. I'm, this is how I'm going to frame it. I'm going to say I do sure. think, on paper, UConn is still has a leg up talent wise, depth wise. If like everyone was healthy, um, I I guess I guess this is still kind of chalk too. But I would give, I would pick Creighton as a team that could beat them. Um, I think they're a veteran team now. A lot of juniors and seniors. Um, they play such an intricate offensive system. That's like constant movement that you really have to be dialed in and connected as a team defensively to not allow them to start going crazy. Um, they can kill you from behind the three point line. I think Lauren Jensen, like we said, is she put up 30 against a top 25 team the other night. That's like something she could do on the regular, um, so I think now with the confidence of last year's run, um, I, I think Creighton is probably the team that I, I could see having the best chance to beat them. I do really like Villanova. I do like Maddie Segrist. They're just, they're still very young. Um, there are a lot mm -hmm. of freshmen and sophomores, so I'm not, they, uh, they did beat UConn last year. We will say that there were some pieces out. Um, but I would, I would say I would give it to Creighton, the team that'll, be most well equipped to beat UConn this season. No, I love that. I think I, I think I'm wrong to need some lights in here. Sorry, guys, the sun is going down at early yeah. daylight savings. Uh, <laughs> it's like the worst. Dano, I've got one for you. Um, I think through my research, I've also got Marquette coming to Bahamas, okay. um, and this is a team that has played UConn very well consistently mm -hmm. the last few years. Like Megan Duffy has a really good formula as a head coach there of just their system and how to find some weaknesses. So I think in terms of a coaching opportunity um, and a coaching pick, uh, I think that she somewhat has UConn a little figured out. Um, and they've got Jordan King, a really good guard, one of the best, I think, in, in the Big East. 
um, that could possibly maybe have some pieces. But I think from a coaching philosophy and watching them play, um, she, she matches up well with their system and understanding, you know, how to pick certain things apart. Um, again, it, it's still UConn, and that's why they're great because you pick one thing apart and they fix the other thing over here. Yeah. Um, but that's something that I've noticed through my research. I'm like, huh, they might no, mess around with lucky one day. Yeah. No, Coach Duffy is like one of the best I've been around. Yep. Um, the only they they lost a huge piece in Lauren Van Clunen. Uh-huh. They lost their yep. best three point shooter, but like, yeah, I, I will never count her out just because she's really an incredible coach and she really gets them to to buy in on the uh, defensive end and on the glass. They're like year after year one of the most dominant rebounding teams. So yeah, we we do have to show Coach Duffy some love. She's she's one of the best. Love that. Well, Kim, thanks yeah. so much for hopping on Dice It Up. Uh, Dano and I appreciate you. Can you tell everyone where they can find you on social so we can catch up with all Big East Women's Basketball and everything else that you're doing? Yes. Uh, so Twitter, I am Kim. I always get confused. I have Kim and Adams are two very common. So I always have to have like the dash or the one. I believe on Twitter, I'm Kim underscore Adams one. On Instagram, I'm underscore kim adams i've i'm trying to get it all the same but like these they're weird about changing your name oh you can't do it um so that's where i'm at uh let's see saturday i'm doing a jersey game isis i'm doing saint peter's and seton hall men nice on i think fs2 saturday at noon and then we got the big one monday texas and yukon i believe it's 6 30 definitely on fs1 we will confirm that that's the correct time, but you do not want to miss that one if you're tuned into this podcast because that obviously means you're a huge women's basketball fan. I know. I'm sad. We're airing this on Tuesday uh, based on our oh, schedule. But so, uh, Sorry, okay. everyone. But, hopefully, you know, everyone, when you watch this, you will have tuned in and seen yes. it. In the game. <laughs> yes, uh, you've just watched the University of Texas come in and win by seven. Oh, uh, a little closer than I thought it would be. I thought Texas would have been by 12. Uh, Rory Harmon. Wow. 23 points, <laughs> 10 assists, a double, double, just insane game. Uh, you this all on the quiet. I'm going to have to come back to it and see how accurate this was. I know. I right? think he like the one, the Astros. So now he's thinking everything he says oh, is golden. Okay. It's just like, oh, come on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's right in the highlight. So, someone's die. got to. <laughs> Well, hopefully whoever wins the game on Monday won't won't have cheated to win a championship. So. Oh, thank you, God. Kim. Oh, thank you, God. Kim. That's like five thank years ago. Thank you. Oh, you guys didn't cheat this year. I'll get I'll give you this year's title, but well, uh, we don't that. know that yet. We don't know that yet. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta do the do the research first. <laughs> thank but, you so no. much, Kim. <laughs> of course. It was awesome talking to you guys. I hope we end up at some games together this season. Oh yeah. I mean I, I'll be at the Big East tournament for sure. Um, hopefully and, I mean I, I might come Monday I haven't really made up my mind yet I booked a rental car but let's jump into Peppa's world of play look for spring flowers hunt for muddy puddles and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets Peppa Pig inspiring kid confidence